Pastor Leon and his wife Sheila founded Gospel Tabernacle Church in 1982 in the heart of Lawrence, South Carolina. Since then, the Lord has richly blessed and increased the ministry and family of Gospel Tabernacle Church. Here at Gospel Tabernacle, we believe in the power of the Word of God to change the hearts and lives of believers. Gospel Tabernacle is a family church ministering to the whole family through the charismatic teaching ministry. Today's message will grow your faith and draw you close to the Lord as you open your heart to God's Word and His Spirit. got your Bible, turn with me and look with me real quickly and uh, to the book, uh, let me make sure I get where I need to be, the book of Mark is where we're going to be, Mark chapter 5, and we're going to look in uh, to this lady here that uh, had this issue of blood a little bit this morning, uh, Mark's gospel chapter 5, as I've been praying and seeking the Lord uh, this week. Uh, about what it had me share today, uh, it pointed me to this passage of scripture and uh, recognizing that when you look out and, you know, we've heard so many things about uh, this uh, COVID-19 and the uh, thing that's out there, the virus, whatever, China virus, whatever you want to call it, uh, that's been out there all this time. And uh, I think it started around January, February, March, somewhere like that. I don't, wouldn't know unless I went back and looked at the news, that kind of stuff. But started right there and, you know, and, and they thought it'd be gone after this uh, period of time. And then, uh, you know, it sort of had a rise in the spring area, April, May, right along in there. And then it came down and uh, sort of leveled down a little bit and sort of ticking up a little bit right now and that kind of stuff. And uh, they're talking about this thing uh, being out there uh, a little bit uh, longer. Uh, some places, I just read yesterday, Europe has like got double what they've ever had uh, in, in cases out there in Europe. So there's a lot of things. They're learning and different things. How do they handle it? How do they uh, not handle it? What do they do? One time they say, do this. And they say, no, don't, don't do that. Do this. And they say, no, don't do that. Do this. And no, go back to what we said the first time. Do that. So they got all kind of things as they're learning about this thing, uh, what to do and what not to do, that kind of thing. But in looking at all of those things that they're talked about, what I was impressed upon my heart that the Lord spoke to me about this week is this, is uh, do the things that are appropriate, do the things that are right, that we ought to do. Uh, absolutely do what we should do uh, to maintain our safety and security and the safety and security of others. But at the same uh, time, recognize the most effective thing that you can do, the absolute greatest, most powerful thing you can do is put your faith and your trust in God Almighty. Amen. I talked to, I don't guess it would hurt to say, uh, uh, Rob uh, uh, Brown uh, last week, and he's, uh, or a couple weeks ago, and uh, he, of course, is a principal of a school, Christian school in Greenville, and uh, uh, David and Sharon's uh, son-in-law, and uh, he was telling me that, uh, I asked him, what you guys doing at school? And, uh, and a good, good Christian young man, great Christian young man, Presbyterian, great, great, great Christian young man. And I said to him, uh, what you guys doing at your school? How are you handling the classes and that kind of stuff? I think they had about 1,100 uh, students there at Eastside Christian School. Big Christian. He said, what, what are you doing? He said, we're doing the same thing we've always done. And uh, he said, I said, you didn't have to shut down your classes? No. I said, y'all hadn't changed the way y'all operate in school? No, not at all. I said, well, what, what's behind all that? And he said two words. He said, God's faithful. God's faith. I said, well, have you had any outbreaks? Had any? No. So we've had a couple of people that had a, a little bit of uh, the virus, that kind of stuff, and we isolated them, got that out, and kept them away for a while, and then they got, well, then they came back. And, uh, but is, what, what impressed me is God's faithful. And so I know God loves Presbyterians, don't you? And I know if he's faithful to Presbyterians, he'll be faithful to you and me. Amen? 
I think he might even be faithful to a few Baptists. How about that? He would. And I think he'd be faithful to some Pentecostals, wouldn't he? He'd be faithful to some Word of, fo- word of Faith folks. He would. God's faithful to anybody that will honor his word and act on his word. And so this morning I want to sort of get into a little bit. And I want you to get there because as you walk out these next few weeks of this year uh, and ever how long, you know, they will <laughs> go this thing, as we keep on going this direction, uh, you need to have the confidence and the faith and the trust in Almighty God that he's going to take care of you. I love my doctor. I think I got a, one of the greatest doctors in, in, in the world, Dr. Uh, Patterson. He's a wonderful man of God, and I, I trust him. I, I really do. He's a wonderful man of God and a wonderful uh, physician. Uh, but no disrespect to my dear friend, Dr. Patterson. Uh, my trust, my faith doesn't just go to him and stop. Uh, it goes to the guy that he works for, the Lord God Almighty. It sort of goes to a higher pay grade level. And that's what I'm teaching you to do this morning. Put your faith and your trust in God Almighty. And as things arise or don't arise or are you keeping them at bay, keeping them out or the issue comes, and then you need to have the tools and you'll have the faith and you'll have the word of God to come against it and you'll come out a winner. Somebody say amen. amen. I know because we've done it before, you've done it before, I've done it before, God is faithful. And if we hadn't, it doesn't matter. If we hadn't, God's word is faithful and God Almighty is faithful. But thank God we do have the experience as well. All right. Look with me to Mark's Gospel, chapter 5, and verse 25. And I'm going to read this story, and then we'll come back, and then we're going to break it down just a little bit, okay? Mark, chapter 5, verse 25. Uh, There was a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and spent all that she had, was nothing better, rather got worse. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garments. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched you? Verse 32, And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said to her, daughter, King James language, thy, yours, yours alone, you, thy faith has made thee, you, you alone, whole. Go in peace and behold of thy, you, you alone, faith. Or behold of thy plague that was against you. Let me read it again. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and behold of your plague i'm absolutely persuaded that if her faith made her whole and it did my faith would make me whole i'm also persuaded if her faith made her whole your faith will make you whole everybody say if her faith made her whole my faith will make me whole amen that's a bottom line 
bedrock principle of the integrity of the truthfulness and the faithfulness of God. All right. So let's look just a little bit. Let me show you some things about this. So let's sort of break it down a little bit in verse 25. There's two things I see right off the bat when I look at it. One is she was successful. She got her healing. If you want to know how to get something, look at the person that got it and imitate them. Look at the person that has it and do what they did for them to get it. And you do what they did for them to get it, and you can have it too. In other words, you may have said it, heard it said before, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, do you? The wheel's already rolling. Somebody rolled it. We know it rolls. We know it goes downhill. We know it does that, so we don't have to reinvent that thing. We just need to get the wheel. And the same way with this little woman right here. She was successful. She got it. I mean, there, there's people all everywhere that will try to tell you how to do something. Big question is, do they know how to do it themselves? It amazes me to hear people on financial stations and different kind of things like that when they're talking about this stock, that stock, buy this, buy that. I mean, the buy gold guys, they're out there everywhere. I mean, you know, and I'm thinking, uh, if you know, like you say, that gold is at its lowest value, and if you know that gold is about to take a leap sky high, and if you know where you can buy the best deal with gold, why are you telling me about it? Won't you go do it yourself? You ever thought about that? And the reason is, is because they make more money telling people how to buy gold than they actually do themselves. I mean, you, you, don't, you don't hear uh, some other people out there saying the same thing. I mean, uh, Warren Buffett, we call him, the, he's a, a great guy of Omaha, the great investor who's made uh, a fortune. He's, I don't know, somewhere between one and five, the top richest people in the world. And he had the strategy years ago called buy and hold, buy and hold, buy and hold. Buy it, hold it. Buy it, don't get in and out, jumping in and out and losing, buying. He said, buy and hold, buy and hold. That was his uh, strat strategy for him to uh, teach you how uh, to make money. It's a good strategy, nothing wrong with it. But what he didn't tell you is what to buy. He didn't tell you what to buy. See, there, there was a secret. There was a secret. But he knew what to buy. Top five richest men in all the world. And so recognize, go to somebody that's done it, successful at it, Study their lives. Look in detail. They've got a secret, if you want to call it that, really not. But they've got a secret. They've got a strategy. They've got information. They've got something. And I want to listen to them. I want to study their lives. I want to see what they did. I want to see how they did it. Because I know it's a principle that works in this world that you and I live in. And if it does, I can get the same principle and operate it in my life. And I can receive the same thing that they receive. How many believes that? Say amen. That's one thing, her success. Another thing that I saw here is this was Jesus approved of her. He didn't say she did it wrong. He approved of her. He told her at the very last that we just read, he said to her in verse 34, uh, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. You're okay. You're all right. He approved. We're at peace. We're okay. In other words, imagine Jesus is walking in the crowd. There's people everywhere, and he's coming from here to there, going wherever he's going. He's not having a healing service right now. He is on his way to Jairus' house to pray for his daughter. He is in transit, if you might look at it like that. He, he is moving from here to there. He's not having a healing service. He's not having a teaching service. He, he has it called a, a healing camp. He's on his way there. 
And she herself gets the big bright idea that she's going to receive her healing from her. And, and she does. We'll look at this a little bit more as we develop it. And she does. And Jesus said, look at her and say, what was you doing? Interrupt. He didn't say you interrupted me. Jesus didn't look at her and say, what was you doing? Don't you know I'm about something else and doing something else? And here you come in here, uh, you know, stopping this whole crowd of people because of what you did. He didn't do that. He approved of what she did. He said, to you, daughter, your faith made you whole. Go in peace. I'm not mad. I'm not upset. How many know that God's not mad that he'll heal you? Say amen. amen. He is. He's not, you know, he's definitely in this world, as they talk about God wouldn't put it on you. Well, no, no, God didn't put it on you. The devil did that. Get that straight, and you'll go a long ways from right there. Okay? And, and, and so Jesus approved of her, and he commended her for her faith. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has done it. And Jesus didn't say, because I am God Almighty come in the flesh, therefore you are whole. He didn't say that. He was God Almighty come in the flesh for the whole crowd of people that was around him. But one in the crowd accessed the power in Christ Jesus and received her healing. But he was God Almighty to everybody, her, everybody else included. So that ain't why she got healed. She didn't get healed because Jesus said, everybody stop right now and think that somebody in the crowd needs to get healed. He didn't do that. He didn't call her out. It wasn't a word of knowledge ministry. In fact, he turned around and said, who did this? It wasn't a word of knowledge ministry. I mean, it wasn't a divine moving of the gift of miracles all of a sudden. Although they were in Jesus' life, of course. But not here. This woman accessed the power of God by her faith. The most powerful thing you've got, the, the, the greatest blessing you've got in your life is your faith. If you have your faith and you can develop your faith to a point you can receive everything that God has promised you in the Word of God. With the faith that God has given you, you can be an absolute success in this life and all kinds of endeavors that you will go into. Without faith, without faith, you will not please God. Hebrews eleven six. 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's rewarded them that diligently seek him. You got to believe he's rewarder. You got to have faith. If not, we're not pleasing God. Okay, how many pleasing God? Say amen. We are on All right. And so that's sort of a basis of what I'm seeing here in this woman. Look at verse 25, Mark 5, verse 25. Jesus approved of what she did, and she was successful at doing it. That's why we're looking at her story now. Some 2,000 years away or from this period of time, we're looking at her story because she was a success. She got it. She knew how to get it. And because of that, we're looking at her today. Jesus approved of it. Because of that, we're looking at her today. Jesus was on her side. Because of that, we're looking at it today. All right, we're on good ground to look. Now, Mark chapter 5, verse 25. A certain woman had an issue of blood 12 years. Notice it. She's had this 12 years. This is a real thing. This is an honest-to-God problem she's got. It's not something of her mind. It's not psychosomatic. It's not something that, uh, you know, she brought on her in some mental kind of way. She's got a physical problem in her physical body. And the reason I'm stressing that is this, is there's many people in the church, they look at God to do what they call these quote-unquote spiritual things. But nothing real. When it gets right down to it, they don't look at him doing nothing real. I mean, I actually believe that God's a healer. Well, you know, I, I believe God helps doctors, and I do. I do believe God helps doctors. I, I really believe that. 
And I, I believe God uses medicines. I, I believe that too. I think there's good medicines. I really do. Thank God for the, for the knowledge that God's given mankind to have good medicines and things that will help humanity. I believe that. I really do. But you know what? There is a level of faith where you're at. You say, I don't care. You know, medicine doctors, whatever. Thank you for all of it. But it's God who is my source. It is God who has power to do and give me what I have need of for a real thing. Somebody said, well, you better get real this thing. I mean, you know what? Uh, what are you doing? I'm praying. What are you doing? I'm fasting. What are you doing? I'm believing God. What are you doing? I'm filling myself with the word of God. Prayer, fasting, filling myself with the word of God. Well, you know what? You better do something else too. What else do I need to do? If God fails me, I've had it. And he's never failed me. He's never failed me. If God can't do it, who else could? Okay. Now, I'm talking about this woman right here. She's got a, a real deal that she comes to God with. It, it's not a fake thing. If you've ever been there and ever been in situations, and I'm not talking, I'm talking about stuff. If you've ever gotten word from the doctor, if you've ever been in pain, You've been in pain you couldn't get rid of. You've ever been in pain that, uh, that came against you and like nerves would shoot through your body or in my case foot and this other things in your life that it would come against and it would just be there and, and, and you couldn't walk or you couldn't stand or your back. I mean, it, pain is, how many of those pain's real? Say amen. Well, well healing's real too. But I've been in those circumstance situations. I've also been in a circumstance situation where God reached down and touched you in a moment of time and all of it was gone. It's over. It's, it's a done deal. Believe God. I've been in other situations where those circumstances were there, and you believed God and confessed the word of God, prayed and sought God, and you saw it move, and you saw it leave. Not instantly, but you saw it move and leave it out of your life. Saw it move. Somebody said, well, I want it to leave instantly. Good. Have instant faith, and you'll get it to go instantly. <laughs> Amen? Accor- how you know? According to your faith, be it unto you. That's another thing Jesus said. According to your faith, be it unto you. And so this woman has got a, a real circumstance and a real situation that's going on in her life. So, so, so don't think, you know, I better get serious. I got to do something for real. I mean, my goodness, I got to go get somebody to help me some kind of way. No, God is the greatest help you got. And he takes care of real situations and real problems in your life, real circumstances that, that come against us. He's there. All right. Look at verse 26, Mark 5, verse 26. Notice this woman. She had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had. How many know health care costs a bunch of money? Somebody say, amen. She spent all she had, even today. Spent everything. They went, went broke trying to get well. And that's all right. That's all right. If, you, if you've been sick and you've been, got pain in your body, I mean, hey, you'll look for anything. I mean, you'll do anything to get rid of that pain. Your, your big toe start hurting you, and that thing will monopolize your whole life. And it's such a little member there, your big toe down there, and that's the one giving you the problem. But, my, you'll do anything, get that big toe worked on, fixed on, whatever it needs to do. We can get that toe fixed, you know, all, all that kind of stuff that was there. Do anything. I remember it's been probably about three or four years ago, I guess, speaking of doctors. I had a, uh, on a toenail down there. Somehow I'd cut the thing a little bit too close with the wrong kind of end of toenail clippers. You know, they make round ones and make straight ones. I cut this one with a round one, and it left a little point on the side. That thing started going through there, and I went over to, uh, you know, I couldn't dig it out myself, and I tried to, and that kind of stuff, uh, screaming and hollering, and Sheila tried to help me, and we almost got divorced on that, but anyway, no, we didn't, but uh, it, it's rough. You ever had your husband and wife try to help you do something, and they're about to kill you, but anyway, that was sort of going on, and so I, she said, go doctor, doctor Patterson do it. I said, okay, I went over there, and he got it, and he looked, he said, oh, that ain't nothing, and he got a tool, and rammed in there, no, no medicine, no nothing, I went, ow, and he got in like, and I didn't feel good either, he went like, wow, got me? And tore that thing out there and got it, you know. And, and so, but yeah, you'll, you'll do anything when you're hurting. 
I mean, what's it cost? I don't care what it costs. Where you got to go? It don't matter. I, I want to I get well, don't you? I want to get healed of this thing. Get that pain out of me. And that's what she did. She suffered many things, many physicians. If you ever been in that situation and you didn't know what to do, you didn't know who to turn to, you didn't know where to get your help from, you, you, you were in pain, you were suffering, you try anything. And she did. She tried everything. What did it cost? It didn't matter. She spent everything she had. Spent all of her living. Everything she had. Spent it all. Everything. But was nothing better. Not only was she not better, but she got worse. Now, isn't that discouraging? She didn't get any better, but then she got worse. No improvement. Didn't just stay the same, but just didn't get, get healed. She didn't stay the same. Some of the stuff they did to her made her worse. Got her worse off. And I understand in medicines like that, you know, they try to do everything they can to help us. Sometimes the things they do, you know, hurt. I mean, sometimes the, uh, the, the cure is worse than the problem and that kind of thing. And, you know, and people trying to do the best they can. I understand that. But this was her case. This is what was going on. Now, so recognize this. This person with a real problem who did everything she could possibly do, uh, humanly possible, with physicians, medicines, and doctors, and everything she could do, did it all, spent everything that she had to do it with. She didn't get any better, but she got worse. She's got a real problem, yet at the same time, we know that she got her healing. Is that right? Everybody say, she got her healing. She got her healing. Now then, the question becomes, can you and me do the same thing? Turn with me in the Bible, look with me, to two places. Look at Romans chapter 2 and verse 11. Look with me over there. Romans chapter 2. Turn in your Bible so you see it, so you say, I'm not making this up. Romans chapter 2 and verse 11. Acts, in the book of Romans, look at chapter 2, and, and we see where Paul is talking here, Romans chapter 2, uh, along about verse 11. Uh, in fact, back up just a little bit, you can see what he's talking about. Look at verse 6. He, he says in verse 6, Romans 2, verse 6, uh, God's the kind of God who will render to every man according to his deeds. In other words, based on what you do, God's not going to uh, you know, bring punishment to you if you didn't do it. He's not going to bring reward to you if you didn't accomplish it. Everybody has the rendering from God according to their deeds. And to them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and maturity, morality, and eternal life. In other words, there are some people that are patiently striving toward the things of God for, for glory, for honor, for immortality, and eternal life. But verse 8, but unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. In other words, God doesn't give the righteous person indignation and wrath. That goes to the unrighteous person. And the unrighteous person don't get glory and honor that goes to the righteous person. In other words, God's fair about this thing. Verse 9, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that does evil to the Jew, to first, also to the Gentile. In other words, you do the wrong stuff, you can get the bad stuff in your life. Verse 10, but glory and honor and peace to every man that works good to the Jew first and also the Gentile. Notice he said Jew and Gentile. Doesn't matter. In God's economy, there's the Jewish people and there's everybody else who are Gentiles. And he said, it don't matter if you're Jew or you're Gentile. You do right, things happen good for you. You do wrong, things happen bad for you. That's what he's saying. And here's the principle that he lays down in verse 11. For there is no respect or there's no partiality of persons with God. And so when we look at what happened for this woman here, you can't say and walk away, well, she's just a woman in the Bible. <clears throat> 
or God loved her more than he loves me, or God was on her side and he's not on my side, or God will do something for them, but he won't do it for me. When you say something like that, you are accusing God uh, of being discriminating in a way toward you that is offensive toward you. You're accusing God of not being fair toward you. You're accusing God of being a respecter of persons, and God says he's not. Everybody say, God's not a respecter of persons. Look in Acts. Look in the book of Acts, chapter 10. Let me show you again. Acts, chapter 10. Now, we'll look at a fellow who was a respecter of persons. In Acts, chapter 10, and along about verse 34, Acts, chapter 10, look about, about verse 34, and we'll hear what Peter had to say about it. Now, you know the situation with Peter, the disciple of the Lord. He was a great disciple of the Lord. Earlier in his life, he, he had a loud mouth, and he would always plunge out first, and he would always be the first one, let's draw a sword and kill some folks. Let, you know, let's do. He's an active, motivated person. Problem is, he's not always active, motivated the right direction. Okay? Peter comes after the... Uh, <laughs> After the resurrection, and Jesus, or Peter's out there fishing, and what is it? He's the first one. He jumps out of the water. He can get out of here. He's going to be gone. What's he do at the time that Jesus is about to be crucified? He follows him there. They accuse him. He's not me. And he cusses everybody out and says, no, it's not me. I don't even know the man. And so he's, he's going to be out there. He's going to be in your face. And he, God dealt with him a lot. And you see his nature and character change drastically after Pentecost tremendously. He's no longer a coward, but he's very bold in defending the things of God. But he's got these other issues in his life. He, he, remember, Peter is a, uh, a Jewish person, and uh, according to Old Testament law and Jewish laws like that, he's going to go by that direction, and uh, if you ain't a Jew, he ain't eating with you. He ain't butting around with you. Because he's going to stay with him, his kind, his people, us, us four, and no more. You're not getting in. Well, the Bible says that, that Paul withstood him face to face. And what he withstood him about was that issue. He said, Peter, here's what happens. He says, well, now, sort of you moved along a little bit. Now, is what has happened is this. Uh, when there's no Jewish people around, you buddy-buddy with all the Gentiles. I mean, y'all eat together. Y'all, y'all run around together. Y'all have a, a wonderful time together. But when the Jews come up, you sort of all of a sudden get very Jewish, and you don't even know the Gentiles anymore. And Paul said, I withstood him face to face on that. In fact, one of the notes in the date Bible says he was a bigot, that Peter was a bigot because of the way that he was acting. Well, God addressed that to him when Peter himself went up on the housetop to pray. And while he was praying there, God lets down this big net that's there with all kind of animals that are in it. And in the vision, God tells Peter, rise, kill, and eat. Peter says, nah. I see unclean beasts in this blanket that you have let down and unclean animals. I don't eat anything unclean. Not anything. Not anything. Oh, man. I guess he missed out on some good spare ribs and my pork chops. But he said, I don't eat anything like that. I don't eat anything like that. And the Lord did it again a second time. Peter the second time said, nah, ain't nothing unclean gone into these lips. Praise my holy name. In other words. That's the way he's thinking. Then he does it a third time. Uh-uh, not going to do it. Finally, God tells Peter, rise, kill, and eat. And he says this to him. He says, don't you condemn what God has cleansed. 
And when God has cleansed something and made it holy, it's fit for you to eat. He gets a little thinking on that. He goes down to Cornelius' house, who's a Gentile. Cornelius gets baptized with the Holy Spirit as he's, and saved, born again, him and his whole house while he's preaching. He goes back to Jerusalem. They call him up on the carpet in Jerusalem and say, what you doing down there preaching and praying to all these Gentiles and they get the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Peter says, don't blame me. All I did is went down there as I preached. And as I began to preach, the Holy Spirit fell on them that were there. And they all began to speak with tongues. Don't blame me. And then Peter finally tells him what we're reading right here in verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. And where God said, Peter says, you know, it took a while to get it into me. I mean, Lord talked to me in a vision, and then he showed me by example, and then I had to come fast, you know, face, face all you guys in the uh, Sanhedrin here and all this kind of stuff, and you guys tell me everything y'all tell me, and all this is going on, but now I finally perceive it. God is no respecter of person. How many know God loves everybody the same? Now, take that a little bit further. What he will do for one, he will do for another. So we see two places in Scripture here, two different places where we are assured that God will treat everybody fairly, everybody the same. And so when I look at this little woman here and I see her receive, when I see how she received, that her faith made her whole, then I know all the more assuredly, since God is not a respecter of persons, my faith will make me whole too. Amen? Somebody say, if her faith made her whole, my faith will make me whole. Why? Because God's not a respecter of person. Now, if I don't do what she did, if there's opportunity for me to reach out to the Word of God, Reach out through prayer. Reach out through praise and worship. Reach out through faith and believing. And I don't do any of those things, and I just go lay myself up in the bed, just lay there and say, I'm waiting on God to come after me, and say, why don't God heal me like he did her? Because I hadn't did what she did. So you got to do what they do. you gotta, you got to uh, act it out like they acted it out. Well, we don't just do nothing and expect everything to happen. I mean, it is just, it's just an amazing world that we live in where people believe that, you know, well, God's going to do what God's going to do. Yes, he is. And what he's going to do is honor your faith. That's what he's going to do. He established the rules and the perimeters of how this thing works. Somebody said, i got a financial need. How do I meet it? Well, you're going to have to get involved in sowing reaping, and you're going to have to have some good financial stewardship situations in your life. When you do that, then you'll, you'll qualify. If you're not doing that, you're not qualified. He said, I know what I'll do. I'll go out and I'll refinance and I'll borrow this and I'll borrow that and I'll get me 18 credit cards and I'll live high. And some people did that, saying they were living by faith, but they really weren't, you know. They were just being foolish. Fred Price taught a great message on that faith, the foolishness or presumption. Which is it? And a lot of people were very, very foolish trying to high, live high. Somebody said, should I have a brand new car? If you can go and pay cash for one, you can go get one if you want one. Should I have a brand new car if I go to borrow money on it? No, I don't think so. But you can if you want to. <laughs> you still can if you want to. But Dave Ramsey, the person that made us rich and, you know, done everything for us and blessed us in so many ways throughout America, he says don't do it. Remember, remember, Dave Ramsey's successful. Remember, he's successful. He's a multimillionaire. He don't have debts. Remember, what do we do? We follow the success of those people that have truly, truly, truly done it. 
See? So, I mean, just get that through, and when you get that to open up in our hearts and minds, we'll change the way that we do things in life. All right. So anyway, so I can receive like she received because God's not a respecter person. Whatever it is, whatever it is, it doesn't just be healing. That's just a principle of God. All right. Look with me to Mark chapter 5, verse 27. Now, notice the second thing that happened here that I see that happened in her life. Mark 5, 5 verse 27. When she had heard, see that? When she had heard, somebody say heard. I like that. I like that. I just thought of something. I've heard them talking about herd immunity. Yeah, herd immunity in this coronavirus. So many people get it, then you got herd immunity. Well, I think if so many people fill themselves with so much of the word, you can get some herd immunity. I like that. You're going to hear me say that from now until the day I die. But anyway, herd immunity. Herd immunity. I got herd immunity. What that mean? I heard what Jesus said made me immune. I got that herd. I like that. Herd immunity. All right. When she had heard of Jesus, she heard of Jesus. She heard something. Something came into her ears. Something came into her heart. Something came into her spirit. She heard of Jesus. When she heard of Jesus... She came in the press behind and touched his garments. She heard him. Before she ever came into the press, before she ever touched his garments, she heard him. She heard something. Isn't it amazing how sometimes people will say that they can do things or know how to do things, and you say, have you ever done it? Well, no, I've never done it. Uh, have you ever heard about me? No, I'm, but I know all about it. But you know all about it. No, you have to hear first. There has to be some hearing. I said, well, I don't think Jesus healed me. Why not? Well, I just don't think he will. If he was, he would have already done it. He would? Uh Where would you hear that at? Well, that's what I believe. But where would you hear that at? See, the thing is, you've got to be careful what you're hearing in this life. Because there's a world of people telling you all kind of stuff that is not biblical, it's not the truth, and it's not coming out of God's mouth. People everywhere Everywhere telling us things like that. And what you have to do is get the right hearing from Jesus. She heard of Jesus. So when somebody comes up to you and says, well, I just don't believe all that stuff. I don't believe all that. Well, that's fine. People don't have to believe it. They say, well, do you still believe it? Yeah, yeah, I still believe it. Why do you still believe it? Because the book said it. And what the book says said it is true. And that's what we're going to hear is what the book said. And you know, okay, but let me tell you this. And I've had people do this. Let me tell you, okay, go ahead and tell me. And they'll tell me this, and they'll go around this, and they'll give me this, that, and the other, this, that, and the other, some more this, that, and the other, and a lot of this, that, and the other, and this. And finally, get now, do you see what I mean? I said, I know exactly what you're talking about. So I know exactly what you're talking about. So well, what do you believe now? I still believe the book. I still believe the book. Had somebody call me up polling me. They said, anybody got any, anybody got any polls? Somebody polling me. And then, you don't know who you're talking to when they polling you. But anyway, this person called me, and they asked about this candidate here in South Carolina. And they said, okay, what about this? Do you agree with this candidate did? And I said, no. They went to the second candidate. said, do you agree with the uh, same candidate? said, okay, this candidate did this. Do you agree with that? I said, no, I don't agree with that either. Went to the third thing this candidate did and said, well, do you believe, uh, agree with what this candidate did there? I said, not at all. And they said, who are you going to vote for? I said, that candidate you've been asking about the whole time. They said, why are you going to do that? I said, because you didn't mention about the other candidate. And he's worse than the one you've been talking about. you got to hear the right thing. Because people are telling you stuff everywhere. And this woman heard about Jesus. 
Now, you know the scripture, and, and just for the sake of, you know, go with me there, Romans 10, 17, just so you can see it. Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17. Look what the scripture says in Romans 10, 17. You probably got it memorized. I do, and probably know it by heart, and, and many of you do, I'm sure. But you know what? To get it and read it and see it and let it jump out of the page of you to say, this is not my mind, not my memory, not this kind of stuff. This is the word of Almighty God, and he's speaking to me. It has a power to it. In Romans 10, verse 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The reason people do not believe in the things of God is they have not been hearing the things of God. Because if they were hearing the things of God, faith would come when they heard the things of God. And so if you've got issues in your life and you don't believe and, and you, don't, you, don't, you don't trust God or don't think in God's faithfulness, then you're not listening to God. You're not listening to his word. And if you're facing a struggle in your life, where, whether it might be emotional or mental or physical or financial or socially, if you're facing a struggle in your life, get the word of God and feed the word of God to yourself. And listen to it and listen to it and hear it. Read it out loud to yourself. Speak it to yourself. Say what God says about you. I've done it thousands of times over my life, very verses of Scripture. In Exodus 15, 26, I say, The Lord God, you are the Lord God that heals me. You are the Lord God that heals me. And I so believe and so hear it and so speak it. Even when I would give time, if I had a sickness or if I had a, a problem or an injury, or this, you are the Lord God that heals me. And that becomes greater than everything else in my life. Now, if I let up on that, then sometimes you can be hurt so bad, hit so bad, life can deal you such a blow that you'll begin to believe that blow and believe the problem instead of believing God. And that's why you got to go back and go back to the Word and dig deeper and dig deeper and draw out greater wells of water. You know, just stay in there. Stay in the Word. Don't, don't give up. Don't let go of it. Stay with it. Just over and over and over and over and over. They said in advertising, you need to hear things six times before you even hear it once. Six times before you even heard it once. Listen to the radio the other day. I was doing some work and uh, shop. I guess Monday's Monday's usually my day off if I can take my day off. Usually it's Monday. And so I was listening to the radio out there in the shop and there was a a new station, and I heard this one candidate. He was advertising every five minutes. I got his whole thing memorized. I couldn't help it. By about an hour working out there, I done heard him on there, uh, you know, what, about 12 times say the same thing. Every five minutes. I mean, you know, I'll be glad when we get this election over with. But anyway, every five minutes he was talking. And you know what happened? And, uh, you know, hearing. Hearing changes you. Faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And if you listen to the Word of God and fill yourself with the Word of God, you begin to believe the Word of God. When you believe it, you'll start acting on it. Now, now let, let's, let's follow that just a little bit further. Go back to the book of Luke. Let me show you something. Because people have the wrong impression sometimes of Jesus and his ministry, and they have the wrong impression of how God ministers and how he does things. But look in Luke's Gospel, chapter 5. Luke, chapter 5. And if we read all this passage, uh, we could sort of look at verse 12, whatever, and see. But uh, we're really going to zero in on verse 15. But in Luke's gospel, chapter 5, it's talking about this fellow with uh, leprosy. And uh, he saw Jesus, and he fell on his face, verse 12, when he saw him. And he said to him, in verse 12, if you will, uh, you can make me clean. M most people are right there, honestly. If, if most Christian people I know that, that call the name of Christ of all different stripes and flavors, so to speak, uh, most of them are there. I mean, I don't hear too many people that are Christians that said, you know, God's 
as soon as you got saved, he's trying to kill you and torment your life from now on out. I don't hear too many say that. There's a few, but not many. But here, he says this, Lord, if you will, uh, you can make me clean. And you've got to get past that. Because knowing God can is not the same thing as knowing God will. And a lot of people and Christians, we go to that place of knowing God can and stop there. We stop where he can. And we live our lives after that wondering why he didn't. Or what we're going to do to make him do it. And we stopped at the God can part. You've got to get on to the part of God will. What's the difference between God can and God will? God can, uh, you know, one day it might happen, one day soon, whatever. What is God will? God will is, it's a done deal right now. I'm living like it's happening. I'm living like it's done in Jesus' name. God will. Different. Now notice verse 13. And he put forth his hand and he touched him saying, I will. There's another time he did it in what, Matthew chapter 8. Uh, same thing, instance almost. And both times, Jesus went and touched them both. He never did say, no, I don't. They always said, if you will, you can. Jesus said, well, I will. I will. Just that quick. And immediately his leprosy departed from him, verse 14. And he charged him, don't, don't go tell anybody. Go show yourself to the priest. That's what you're supposed to do. Offer for yourself cleansing according uh, as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Verse 15. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear. See what they did? Great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. They came together to hear and be healed. Hear and be healed. Hear and be healed. Many, many years ago when I was first saved and I was uh, believing God for healing in my life in that five-year journey that I had, Sheila and I, we spent thousands of dollars going everywhere. We took vacations days off. I mean, to, to go somewhere and sit under the preaching, teaching, anointing of the word to hear. We didn't say somebody gave you a healing tape and said, I'll listen to it one day. No. I got that healing tape. I listened to it a hundred times. Somebody said, somebody's going to be here that, that prays for the sick. And somebody here going to be here that teaches faith. What are you going to do? I'm going to try to get off that week and take a vacation off. And we're going to spend a bunch of money. We're going to go up there and we're going to sit there under that stuff for all that week. That's what we're going to do. We're going to hear, you mean to tell me that you take off a whole? Yes. Gladly. Take off a vacation week and do that. Gladly. Gladly. Are you kidding? I mean, if somebody said to you that Bill Gates said to you, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you two hours of my life, and I'm going to, at the end of that two hours, you'll know exactly how to make the billions of dollars that I've made in life. All you got to do is fly out here to Washington State and stay here two hours and fly back, and you do it. I'd be on a plane tomorrow, wouldn't you? Not tomorrow. I'd be on a plane today. Wait, and I'd say, i got to go right now. Church is over. And walk out the door. But see, that, that's how powerful the Word of God is. They came together to hear and be healed. A, a lot of people don't want to come to that place. They want to come to give it to me. Just give it to me. I, I, don't, I didn't know I was going to have to hear something. I didn't know that. I've heard people talk about different things like that. I had one person come in one time, uh, not anywhere in our church, but come in and they don't want to talk about financial problems and needs. And uh, that's what they said they wanted. So I said, yeah, I'll talk to them about it. They came in and Sit down, we've been beginning to discuss finances. After about 30 minutes, they said to me, Well, are you going to give me any money or not? I said, The last 30 minutes, I've been teaching you how to get money. 
He said, I didn't come here for teaching. I came here for money. I said, you see that door out there? You can walk out. Find the money out there. I don't tell you how to get it. Go out there and get it. I want you to give it to me. No, I told you how to do it. What is it? What the wise Indian saying? Give a man a fish, he'll eat. And sometimes you're hungry, you need a fish, don't you? You do. You need a fish when you're hungry. But you know, I also need to learn to fish. Get my own fish, right? And, and so we got to spend that time and invest it in hearing. Going to hear. Everybody say, I'm going to hear. Going to hear. All right, now look at another place. Let me show you. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, another time. Verse 17. He came down to them, stood in the plain, and a company of his disciples, and a great multitude of people all out of Judea and Jerusalem, and from the seacoast to Tyre and Sidon. There was a great multitude everywhere, which came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. What comes first in these two passages I've read in Luke? Healing or hearing? And I didn't write this, I'm just reading it, right? So the hearing comes first, then the healing. Hearing, then the healing. Hearing first, then the healing. Over the years, Gloria Copeland has done these healing uh, schools on Saturday. And they say, well, I'd like to go to one of them. Okay, go there. You get to about 9 o'clock and leave whenever. Four, five, six, seven, whenever. Just leave whenever. Well, nobody stay that long. If you want, if you're sick and you want to get healed, you could. Amen? Amen. And sometimes you say, how long does it take? It depends on you. It depends on how much garbage we got in our mind we got to get out. Okay? Because you got to get rid of the weeds and the garbage first. I mean, you know, I, just, I just believe God did what he got to do, and I don't have to do nothing. Okay, that's garbage. You got to get rid of that. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> yeah, if you still think, oh, no, that's the truth. Okay, if that's still the truth, we still got a lot of work to do on you. Okay? How long does it take? Depends on you. Depends on how long it takes for you to develop your faith to the point that you act on your faith and God always honors faith because he's not a respecter person and that's the point that you receive. Amen? Amen? Amen. Okay. All right, now, let, let, let's look just a little bit more. Look at Mark chapter 5, verse 28. Just a few more minutes, I'm sure. Mark chapter 5, verse 28. For she said, notice that she said, Mark 5, 28. For she said, there it goes again. He's going to talk about confession. For she said, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Notice it wasn't God, it wasn't Jesus that did, said the ifing. She was the one saying the ifing. Not God, not Jesus. She's the one that developed this plan. She's the one that developed this strategy. It came out of her mind, her heart, her spirit. Not God. She didn't come to a meeting two weeks before where Jesus was preaching and he had over here, uh, you know, an MP3 download series that talked about the ifs in your life. Uh, no, it, it didn't do that. She hadn't just heard him speak the night before on, you know, 1,522 ifs that will be in the King James Bible 1,600 years from now. He didn't hear Jesus preach on that. What, what she did was this is her idea. Her idea. If I, if I, not you, me, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be whole. She's the one that set the standard for her receiving. Amen. Some people, you ask me, when will you be healed? Well, when I feel like it. When I feel it, then I'll know it. She didn't do that. 
She said, I'll be whole when I touch him, not when I feel it. She felt it after she touched him. She touched him after she said it. She said it after she believed it. See, it's all lined up in perfect order the way she, she's receiving from him. Now, notice this. For she said, she said it. If I'll touch him, I'll but touch his clothes, I'll be whole. I shall be whole. Look, look me, Romans. Look, Romans chapter 4, right quick. This is another place I want to show you as well. It all ties in together. It works in so many godly principles in so many ways. But look in Romans chapter 4. Because some people have a hard time saying that. Well, I wouldn't want to say that, you know, and God make me whole. What if he don't? Then I've been told to all my friends, and I'm not, oh, I'm, am I going to look then? That's how we think in life. I don't want to get out on a limb. I've been out on a limb ever since I met God. I have. I mean, you just go from one faith endeavor to the next. And if, you, if you're not out on a limb, uh, you're not walking in faith. You're walking in realities. I mean, if you can go out, at, you know, in life... We're trusting God, believing God around the church constantly about doing things. We just did that, you know, the two lamps you saw out there, which are very, very nice commercial lamps, and then that concrete walkway. Got a little problem with one of the doors. Concrete got a little high. I'm going to have to have it addressed. But uh, did all that concrete walkway and all that stuff. That was like that $10,000. And, uh, you know, at, at the point that we did it now, at the point we did it, it didn't take an ounce of faith because we already had $10,000. Did y'all turn in your pledge cards, anybody? Y'all got any donuts y'all need to still sell off before we collect the money from you? No, we didn't do any of that stuff. And we've been believing, trusting God all these years, and then the money was there. So we didn't take an ounce of faith. We just spent the money we had. Now then, if we do some other things, like $80,000 parking lot or some other things, like a, a play area of $25,000, then we know might be a little level of faith there. But see, you need to be believing God for something you can't do. Believing God for something you ain't got. That's where faith arises. Okay. Now, so in this era of healing, if you're in a circumstance of where, you know, people say all kind of stuff that's going to get you, that's going to uh, come in on you and your family, or, or you might actually uh, get a situation, a circumstance of sickness and disease, and, and you need to learn how to talk about it. Uh, one thing I, I don't do, I used to, but don't do it anymore, and you have to watch folks and friends and people that you know and let people know not to do that. But I, I, don't, I don't have my problem. I've had some problems, but they ain't been mine. Right? I mean, you know, I come, come down with a blood disease, it ain't going to be my blood disease. It could be a blood disease, but it ain't going to be mine. And one day they'll say that. At my funeral, they say, well, what, he died, didn't he? What did he die of? He had blood disease. No, he didn't have it, but it killed him. <laughs> no. No, it ain't going to be mine. It ain't mine. Mm -mm. I'm not poor. Somebody say, I'm not poor. Say, I'm not sick. It not be me. Mm -mm. It ain't be mine. Okay. Got to learn how you talk. Because she said, if I touch him, I'll be whole. She said it. If I touch him, I'll be whole. Why don't you look at your checking account? Why don't you look at your saving account and look at it and say, you know, one, one day in that account right there, th th there's going to be $5 million in that account. Jesus. And then do the things that's going to make it be there. I don't say not do that, but do the things that make it be there. And you'll see it. You'll see it happen. Believe God. Trust Him. Now, look at in, look in Romans chapter 4. Remember, here's God, God kind of talk. Here's a faith kind of talk. Romans 4 verse 17. Remember when God talks to Abraham? Abraham didn't have any child, that kind of stuff. He's not a father, but God says you are. 
Okay, so in Romans chapter 4, verse 17, Scripture says, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In other words, he's got the word on the fact that he's a father of many nations. As it is written, I've made you the father of many nations. As it is written, I am the Lord God that heals you. Amen? As it is written, at sunset, Jesus went out and he laid his hands on people and healed of all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, so that it might be fulfilled by Isaiah the prophet that said himself bore our sicknesses. As it is written, God, you bore this for me. You did it. As it is written, the same idea is yours. As it is written, now notice, verse 17, before him whom he believed. How many believes the word of God? Say Amen. For him who believed, even God, who quickeneth, King James says, or really make alive, quickens or makes alive the dead. And God calls those things which be not as though they were. He talks like what is not, just like it was. I mean, something that's not, just like it was. That's one of the hardest things you, you got to try to get people to do. People say, well, I'm not going to tell a lie. I've heard people say to me, I'm not going to tell a lie. I, you know, different things I've been through in my life, I'd look at various parts of my body and say, you're healed. Amen. And that various part of my body might say, uh, you want to feel this, Leon? You want to find out how much you're healed or not? And then your body's attacking that much more. Uh, no, you're healed, Jesus' name. You are healed in the name of Jesus Christ. You are healed. You are healed in Jesus' name. You are healed. In the name of Jesus, you are healed. Say what God says about you. Somebody said, well, I can't say that if I'm not. But you know what? We do that all the time. I'm at home, and, and I've got a, a dog there named Maggie, Maggie the dog. And Maggie the dog, for the most part, lives outside and comes inside other times, whatever. But most part, she's outside. And so when we go outside to feed Maggie the dog, we might go out you know, front porch or look around trying to see Maggie the dog, and Maggie the dog might be up the fence line or out in the woods or over here or vacationing in Hawaii. I don't know. Maggie the dog might be somewhere out there. And what do we say about Maggie the dog? Here, Maggie, here. Here, Maggie, here. Maggie ain't here. Maggie's there. Right? But we say, here, Maggie. Why'd you say here, Maggie? Maggie ain't here. How many's ever done that? But yet you say, well, I'm not going to say something. That's not so. Well, why'd you say here to your dog when your dog wasn't there? We do that. We did. So then the dog comes up, Maggie, the dog comes up and start eating. And so now what I said, here Maggie, has come to pass. She is literally here. And then the cat gets a big idea. He wants to eat Maggie's food. So the cat comes up there. And, you know, the cat, before he got there, he was just scatting across the yard. But now the cat came, and he's sitting there eating the food, and I say, scat. The cat's not scatting. He's sitting there. He's not moving at all. And two different times in that, two different times in that, what has happened is we call things that be not as though they were. I said, Maggie here, and Maggie wasn't here. Then if we can do that in the natural, and we do, and if we can do that in other things in our life, why can we not also do that with the things of God when God says it? If God says to me, Leon, by my stripes you are healed, I'm going to say by stripes I'm healed. Amen. Somebody says, what, what about if it's not this, that? It don't matter. 
It don't matter at all. I'm calling those things that be not as though they were. And I've seen that happen again and again in life, that those things that be not, they become into reality in your life. Sometimes very quickly, sometimes it might take a lot. How long does it take? Again, that's up to you. That's up to me. But what, that's what we do. That's the language of faith. We call those things that be not as though they were. Look with me real quick, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'm going to leave you with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. Notice what the scripture says. Two things, two things. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. This woman said, if I may touch his clothes, I'll be made whole. Why don't you just start saying that about all kinds of issues in your life? Why don't you say, body, you're not getting older, you're getting younger. Why don't you say things to your body? Body, you don't have this pain. You're well from head to toe, body. You're well in the name of Jesus from head to toe. Ain't nothing wrong with you. You're well. Mine, you are sharp and you are quick. I mean, you are, I mean, you, you just know things and you just can put it out there at an instantaneous moment of time, unless it's something Sheila tells you to do. But other than that, you can put it out there just quick. You are quick, quick, quick. Why don't, why don't, you, why don't you say something? Why don't you look at your checking account and say, there's money filled in that checking account. It is full of money in that checking account. Checking account, you are full in the name of, you have tons of money, tons of money. Why don't you speak that to it? Why don't you say about your investment? Investments, you're going higher and higher. Rising house, you are paid off. Automobiles, you are paid off. Or I took you back. You are paid off. You are gone, gone, gone. And there's no debt. Why don't you begin to speak things? Well, because I got dead, because I got paid in my body, because I'm sick. I've been all them places. Everyone in places. Every one of those places I just meant I've been there. Okay. And I know this. By magnifying the problem and talking about it and staying in the despondency of it, it won't get you out of it. But when you start seeing what God says about you and start believing and speaking and saying in your life, that will get you out of it. That will do it. Look what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. We have the same. Everybody say the same. Remember God's no respect to persons? We have the same spirit of faith. I have the spirit of faith. <clears throat> we have the spirit of faith. We do not have the spirit of doubt. We are not moved by what we see or what we hear. We are moved only by the word of God. Absolutely. We have the spirit of faith <coughs> according as it is written. My faith is based on what is written. My faith is not based on my latest, greatest, bright idea that I thought I had. My faith is not based on what the economy told me. A faith is not based on what the political world told me. Faith is not based on what, you know, anyone says other than the word of God. It is a spirit of faith. It is according as it is written. Honoring the word of God, pulling the principles out of the word of God will make you like the adage was years ago, healthy, wealthy, and wise. It will do it. The word of God will do that. So as it is written, what is it? What is the spirit of faith? Here's the spirit of faith. I believe. What, what is written now, okay? I believed what is written based on the fact that I believe what is written, therefore. You see the therefore? Kenneth Hagin said for years, when you see the word therefore, find out what it's there for. Therefore, based on I believe what is written, based on that, which is the operation of the spirit of faith, therefore, I have spoken. We also... Believe. 
and therefore we speak. We believe and we speak according to as it is written. And just like that little woman, when she said, when I'll touch his clothes, I'll be healed. When she put that out there and made that statement and did that, that was her faith that was acting out there. Knowing what? There's healing in him. There is virtue in him. What does she know? She knew the old covenant. She knew in the book of Malachi. She understood that the Bible prophesied that the Messiah was going to come. And that when the Messiah would come, that he would bring good things for the people of Israel and the Jewish people. She had read that. But she read this little rare verse that she found in Malachi that she read that when Christ shall arise, he shall arise with healing in his wings. And she didn't speak English like you and I do that says wings, but she understood that meant the tip of the wing. And that's why she said, when I touch the hem of his garment... The tip of the wing, healing in his wings, he is Messiah, I'll be made whole. She acted on what was written and what she had heard. said, he's the Messiah. He is the Lord God Almighty. He is the Son of God, and he has arisen with healing in his wings and the tip of his garment. If I just touch him there, I'll be made whole. She acted on what was written. She said what it was. Same ways with you and I. God's no respecter person, whatever you have need. And so, as these struggles face us in our nation, and these struggles face us in South Carolina and Lawrence County, and they continue to, to face us, all those kind of things, do what is appropriate to do? Of course we will. But with that, and even more than that, what we are going to do is believe God. He is faithful. And he will do what he said he would do. Because he is no respecter. For, if he did it for that woman, he'll do it for me. Somebody say, if he did it for that woman, he'll do it for me. Amen, amen. Stand up with me this morning. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. And I'm making a confession before the Lord. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty. In the name of Jesus. Name. Stretch your hands toward heaven. Let's just pray together, Father. God Almighty, Lord, we're in this house for your glory, in this house, oh Lord God, for your word and touch of your spirit, your anointing. Lord, for any of us in this place this day, God, that need to stretch out into an arena of faith, stretch out into a place of believing and receiving with you. God, may we rise to that occasion this day. It's in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Father, I come to you in Jesus' name and on the authority of your word. I believe. Therefore, I speak according to your word. I believe that the promises of God are a reality in my life. Therefore, I know that you said that no plague would come nigh my dwelling. It was you that said, a thousand may fall on my left, ten thousand on my right, but it will not come near me. And so, God, you are faithful, and I am trusting you to keep me in all of my ways, in healing and in health, in victory and success. Lord God, with great blessing, and God, you deserve all the praise and all the glory. I'm just believing you. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you.